Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Magli here and I have the lovely Hannah with me. Hi Hannah. Hello. (laughs) Hannah is a mom of two beautiful boys. I'm actually in her kitchen right now and George is, what do you call that thing? A mamaroo. A mamaroo. George is in, is that actually the name? Yeah, that's what it's Because you pulled a face, I was like, have you made that up? No, it's like the brand of it. Oh, George is in a mamaroo, so if you can hear buzzing in the background, <laughs> that's that's what's happening. We are going to be talking everything about motherhood, two children, and how life has been for you with two. Total chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually, just before starting recording, Hannah and I were talking you knew that you wanted more than one always. Yes, always, yeah. Always wanted to be a mum. Definitely know I wanted more than one. Not sure if I want more than two. We'll see. Why did you want? I mean, I know this because obviously we were literally just talking about <laughs> it. But share with all of us why a bigger family means a lot to you. So I am one of three. I am very, very, very close with my two brothers. Everyone in my family pretty much has three. And I love that unit that you create. Mm. I love the fact we're a family of five, as in... I am with my brothers and my mum and dad. Um, my mum and dad had an age gap of 12 years between me and my younger brother and nine years between the middle brother and the younger brother. Wow. And they always said that there was always one more out there. And I think if we'd only had one, then I would have felt the same. Yeah. That's interesting. Nine years between your older brother and... Between the middle brother... Oh, sorry. ...and my younger brother. Okay, and how long is there between... You're the oldest, then. I'm the oldest. Then there's three years of my middle brother, and then there's nine years of my younger brother. Oh, yes. Oh, I I was also saying to you, I want more than one. But I don't know when, because I don't think I'm ready right now. Although, guys, I was just holding and cuddling George, and I've literally... I've, I've never been more broody in my life. He's so precious. Um, but sometimes I'm like... I'm scared to wait too long because I'm worried the age gap would be an issue. But it's good to know that you don't feel like it has been an issue with, like, your brothers. No. So um, the reason that they had such an age gap is because my middle brother didn't sleep through the night until he was eight. So obviously that comes with its challenges. They were exhausted. And it was just a full-on period of time for them. But they always knew that there was another one out there. Um, And then along came Dan. And we, me and Joe loved it. Like, growing up, he, we were like his second parents. Mm. Like, I've always wanted to be a mum. So having been 12 and having a baby brother to look after was amazing. Absolutely loved it. And obviously the age gap is there. So it's noticeable in that he's, you know, in preschool and we were going to, oh, I was starting to like go to nightclubs and stuff. Yeah. But we've always been really, really close. And now you wouldn't even know the age gap is there. So Dan is nearly 20 and Joe is nearly 29 and they'll they go out together their friendship group is the same like they are really close and we're just all as if we are all a very close group of adults so you don't really notice the difference i love that i like we were just saying for me that's goals yeah that's where i want to be um as well right how 
this is gonna be a really broad question, but feel free to, you know, see where it takes you. How do you feel your motherhood journey has been so far? Loved it. Difficult at times. Um, I think a lot of it is how exactly how I thought it would be, but it's also been completely different to how I thought it would be. What are the things that are exactly how you thought they would be? The sense of family. So me and my husband, Martin, and our boys, like that sense of family. I knew I always wanted, and that is just the best thing in the world. Getting to do things with the boys, like I remember doing as a child, but getting to experience them with my own children, I love. Um, but I should probably say here, Josh was born in peak COVID, so he was born a week before oh, yeah. lockdown. So that was tough and completely different to how we thought it would be, because I felt pregnant when it was normality. And then we went into hospital. A week later, we came out of hospital and the whole world was different. So that has had a lot of challenges. Do you mean for you as a mum or for Josh as a little one? A bit of both, yeah, I think. And I think when we were in it, so Josh was born on the 11th of March and we came out of hospital a few days later and then obviously we went into lockdown 23rd or something like that. So the whole of Josh's first six months, we were just at home. And the positive of that, Martin was at home, brilliant. We, but me and Josh pretty much spent my turn to leave on the sofa, which as new parents, we didn't know any difference. So mm. we were finding our feet and learning how to be parents together, which was amazing. Yeah. Now we've had George and we're in normality and we're looking back. You understand what you missed out on the first time. So he, we were very, very lucky in that our parents and our brothers were able to meet Josh because it wasn't locked down when he was born. But they literally met him and they didn't see him for three months. Mm. With George, they've been in his life, you know, frequently the whole time. So that's been amazing with George, but also makes you really sad because you realise what you missed out on with Josh. Yeah. So Do you feel like it makes you feel sad because you weren't yeah. able to share that experience? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I get that because my mum, my mum never saw me pregnant. Wow. Because I was pregnant during lockdown. lockdown of course. And she's in France, so even... When things were easing off here, they weren't necessarily easing off there. Travel was chaos. Never saw me pregnant. That's mad, isn't and it? And that is FaceTime, great. But she saw me. I was me. And then she saw me. I had a baby. It's absolutely crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, no, I get that. I'm very thankful that Josh was the age he was, though. Because I think if he'd been a little bit older and he was learning, so same as the age he is now, where he's learning the social skills, I think that would have been much harder. Whereas he doesn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even really remember, or he won't remember it because he was a baby. Yeah. So that's been good. And I'm glad that it happened with our first because we didn't know any different. Yeah. All we knew was being at home and being parents. I think if we'd had it the other way around, it would have been a lot harder. But it does also make us relish everything with Josh. At uh, George, sorry. I always get the two milk things yeah, based yeah, up yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> My mum gets me and my sister. I've got a sister. And she's like, Sarah, Maggie, Sarah. Oh, Who, you, yeah. just, you. You I know. It's a mum thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, when, like, they're the same sex. Yes, just, although my mum gets our names mixed up and I'm a girl and I've got two brothers, so I think it's just my I thing. call you Dan or Joe. Yeah, yeah all the time. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is funny. Um, uh, so you were saying, aside from lockdown, what do you think are some things that you really hadn't expected as a parent? I think not always knowing the answers. I think because we had, or my mum and dad had Dan when I was 12, I kind of knew what, I feel like I knew what I was doing with the baby stage. But the toddler stage is a whole new ball game <laughs> and not always knowing the answer is not known if you're doing it right. It's a complete guessing game and I don't think I was necessarily prepared for that. Mm. How old is Josh now? Uh, three and four months. He's three and much. He is 
proper three-nager. I was going to ask if yeah. you feel like, I've heard the term three-nager. It is real. Yeah. yeah it is. What is, like, what does it involve? Uh, he's very stubborn. He absolutely knows, knows his own mind, knows what he wants. Uh, he's, so Josh had uh, a bit of speech delay. He didn't really start talking properly until uh, October last year mm-hmm. when he was two and a half. So learning to communicate with him in a different way was, again, a challenge which I wasn't expecting. But now that he can communicate, he wants to then talk about everything all of the time. <laughs> so it is full on for the minute he wakes up to minute he goes to bed. He's a very active toddler as well. He runs, he jumps, he is a complete boyish boy and just barreled through life in every sense of the word. I love that. But it's also brilliant. Yeah. Like his little personality coming out is just amazing. The things he discovers, his excitement at things. I feel exactly the same with Isla because I feel like, it's funny, and tell me whether you can relate to this. People are like, oh my gosh, newborn, newborn's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Newborn is amazing. But then... After the like newborn, newborn, it's a little bit sticky for me personally. But then people say that that's amazing. But then they say that the, what's the phrase? Um, tantrum, two, tantrum. Terrible twos. Terrible twos, that's the one. Um, people talk about terrible twos, how they're the most awful things. And don't get me wrong, Isla's not quite two yet, but she's 22 months. So Maybe almost two. there. Yeah, 21 months. Anyway, whatever. Um, I love it. <laughs> I genuinely, I love watching her explore the world yeah, see the world through her eyes yeah and i she's also very stubborn but i like that she knows what she wants yeah and don't get me wrong sometimes it is difficult to know how to parent that because you don't want to squash their personality but also don't be a little shit you know yeah. like <laughs> and i love the fact that he's got a personality and he is confident to go into a situation mm-hmm. he talks to all the like you're in the shop and he's telling them all about his baby brother or all about the fact <laughs> he's going to nanny's house or he's just oozing confidence and i love that yeah sometimes it's difficult to pair him and it you know it comes with challenges but it is amazing at the same time yeah. do you feel like you and martin uh on the same page in terms of parenting techniques yeah absolutely 100 we are such a team and that is something that I always wanted when you know thinking about being a mum when I was younger yeah because it's are difficult it is so hard and I couldn't do it without him without like we're just such a team in every sense of the word oh good good for you amazing yeah. is there oh I'm trying to find something wrong with your relationship <laughs> <laughs> to make myself feel better no, I'm kidding. but is there anything that you disagree on at all? Not necessarily disagree. Um, I think Martin, so Martin, for background, used to be a teacher. Okay. So he is very good at coming up with new ways to understand Josh's behaviour, to um, parent him, to discipline him, oh. and trying to work out what works for Josh. I love that. Which is amazing. I don't think of things in the same way at all. Martin is much more creative than I am, so we differ. But I wouldn't say we disagree with it. It's just that he will tend to come up with new ways of us to try things and then I go along with it because I don't think about those sorts of things. I'm much better at the baby stage and the practical side. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we we differ, but I wouldn't say we disagree. Yeah. No, to be fair, George and I sometimes can disagree, but um, I think even if you disagree, having respect for the other person's opinion. Absolutely. um, And I'm like that. Sometimes we will disagree I think we try and find the line between, right, who feels stronger in this situation? Yeah. And then that person will, I don't want to say win, but for yeah. lack of a better word, will... It's about compromise. Exactly. Will win this battle 
And then the next one, fine, we'll go with what yeah. you think and finding a balance. But also I think when you've got stubborn toddlers, you're already fighting a battle every single day yeah, with yeah. your toddler. So trying to fight a battle with your partner as well is just too much effort. So you, if you're on the same page, amazing. And then you too can then fight the battle with your toddler. Yeah. And you've got more chance yeah, of because getting through it because you've got each other. And they know. They can sense a weakness. Yes. <laughs> Oh my yeah, goodness. You have to be united. Oh, you yeah. know, it's to be fair, that's something I'm also really grateful for is that I feel like George and I are are a team. And when we do not necessarily disagree, but we potentially wouldn't go about things in the exact same way, one of us just says, you know what, you mm. seem to feel stronger about this. We'll okay, we'll go with you. Yeah. But without like if your way backfires, because it could, there's also not like we should have gone with my yes. way. <laughs> Told you so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, which I'm not gonna lie, I have wanted to do lots of, of times. Course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also like we as I said, me and Martin are such a team in every sense of the word. But that does also come with the challenges having two. So when we just had Josh, for example, trying to get ready to go out for the day, I'd say, right. I'm going to go and have a shower, Martin will give him his breakfast, mm-hmm. and I'll come down and get him dressed, and Martin goes to have a shower. Now we've got two children, we can't do that. Mm. So we're trying to now find our feet by being a team, and but also juggling two children. Like, having two children is a total game changer. Yeah, how does that work? Uh, we get everywhere very late most of the time. Yeah. Um, one of us, I mean, we've only got two, so one of us takes one, one of us takes the other, and we kind of fit ourselves in somewhere in the middle, and I've mastered getting ready in five minutes. <laughs> what does bedtime look like? Uh, so Josh is, um, George doesn't really have a routine at the moment, so that makes it a bit easier. Um, Did so, we say how old he was? I'm I can't sure. remember. So I've got Josh, who's three and three months, and George, who's 13 weeks. Lovely, just her so, background, yeah. Um, so every single night for the past four or five months, Josh wants Dad, Martin to put him to bed. Every single night we ask him, do you want mummy or daddy to do your story in bedtime? Daddy, every night. So... Martin and Josh will go upstairs, do the teeth, do pyjamas, and I stay down here with George, do the clearing up, and sort him out. Lovely. Which is perfect. Oh. Of course, we've got two. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. As in the third, you, you have to wait until Josh is old enough to put himself to bed. Yes. That's the key. That's the key. Which That's is why Mum don't wait so long. <gasps> I get it now. <laughs> yeah, genius. Um, has bedtime always been so smooth with Josh? Oh, no. Oh, okay, No, good. no, no. <laughs> no thanks, no. but we're having a fucking nightmare of no. it, so. So, Josh was... From seven weeks, amazing sleeper. He slept through the night from seven weeks and we were like, we have got this nailed. We totally know what we're doing. (laughs) Came to the day I went back to work when he would turn, just before he turned one, literally the night I went back to work, he decided to stop sleeping and he didn't sleep for two years. So we tried everything. We tried sleep training. We tried different cots. We put um, a t-shirt spelling of us in his cot, um, everything. And in the end, so he's always gone to bed fine in his room, but he goes to sleep, he contacts sleep. So mm-hmm. but I think partly because of lockdown as well, he was just sleeping on and asked for naps. Yeah. So that's how he knows yeah. to go to sleep. So we would give him his milk, he'd fall asleep in our arms and then we'd put him in the cot, which is fine. And then he'd wake up in the night and not know how to get himself back to sleep. So in the end, the only thing that would get him back to sleep was in our bed, which wasn't ideal, but we all slept. So we did we just sort of muddled through for yeah about two years and then when I fell pregnant with George we're like right we need to try something Mm -hmm. because he can't be coming into our bed when I'm heavily pregnant and we've got a newborn and we bought a grow clock I don't know if you've heard of this it rings a bell it's like a Tommy Tippy clock it's an owl and it shows blue when it's night time and yellow when they can get up my cousin recommended it absolute game changer 
we put God. it honestly so we put it in his room so he we waited until he understood colors and he knew what the colors were and we put it in his room and so, so we set the time with him to show him right so when ollie is blue then you stay in your bed and when ollie is yellow then you can get up and then you can come into mummy and daddy's bed and we started that in february and since then touch a lot of words he has been and occasionally we'll get you know he'll wake yeah. up but he has been so much better so in the february how old was he uh, three, just before we turned three. Just, okay. So yeah, two years of oh, no fuck, sleep. I still got a year of no sleep. Yeah, but if Anna understands her colours, then yeah, it, yeah. maybe it's um, something to... Because this is something where I did a complete 360 as a parent. I was like, absolutely no way. I'm never co-sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Mommy and daddy's space, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And don't get me wrong. My one rule is you fall asleep in your room. Yes, exactly. You fall me asleep too. in your room. However... In the middle of the night, I haven't got the strength no. to rock. Uh, I mean, also, she's almost two. She's heavy. Yeah. I can't rock anymore. Yeah. Um, what we do, and this is, I'm actually almost embarrassed to admit it out loud. So, right, in her room, there's her cot, and then there's a day bed that can be pulled out into yeah. a double. That's the uh, Josh has got a day bed that pulls out into a double. Like an, from Ikea? Ikea. Yeah. Lovely. That's the one. <laughs> um, and we fall asleep. Well, she falls asleep with us on there, and then we used to transfer her into yeah. the cot. Somewhere, the transfer just never worked. And then one day, we just thought, you know what? Should we just leave her in the day bed? Yeah. Anyway, so it's been about, it's been about maybe a month or so. She just sleeps in a double bed. <laughs> She's so, 29. Does it matter? <laughs> no, she I sleeps. agree. I agree. But part of me is like, that really extravagant. <laughs> <laughs> so we bought the bed, the exact same bed, yeah. for when, again, before Josh was sleeping through, so that if he was poorly or we had to go in with him, we could pull the bed out and one of us would go in there and the other one's got George in our room. That's exactly yes. what we did. And now she sleeps all night in there. And actually, since we allow her to sleep in the bed, she sleeps through. Whereas before, in the cot, she was waking up and then I would go down, pull out the day bed, Fall asleep yeah. with her. I would stay in the day bed for the rest of the night, or jo George, to be fair. But since the double... Actually, that's the other thing we did. We moved Josh from his toddler bed to a single bed. So he'd gone away to Martin's parents for the weekend, yeah. and they've got um, a, like a pop-up bed thing. But it's the size of a single bed, and he slept all night. And we were like, that is... At this point, he hadn't slept through the night for yeah. like 18 months. So then we went out that literally that day and bought him a single bed. And the single bed and the bro clock, the combination of the more space, because he's a tall toddler mm -hmm. as well. I think the, the combination of the two absolutely made a difference. With the single bed, I'm now worried because she's used to... She, it's literally a double bed she's sleeping. I'm, I'm worried that she's, she might fall out. He's got bed guard. Uh, yes. So he sleeps with a bed guard, so he can't roll. So it's still the yeah. normal size bed, but it's, he okay. can't roll out. Because her cot is one that you can transform into a toddler bed. Yeah, so that's what we had before. So he went from cot to toddler bed, and then toddler bed to single bed, and then single bed to the day bed. But he only has it as a single because his room's not big enough to have okay. it out all the time. Okay. Oh, so many beds. It's such a mindfulness. Honestly, <laughs> and really also, is. like... You know, at the beginning, when you're a first-time parent, you're like, right, I'm going to get the most expensive cot because... Mm -hmm. And I just feel fucking stupid that I've spent 500 quid on a cot that's literally got used for four months because yeah. at the beginning, they're also in their bassinet thing. So as a second-time mum, George doesn't even have a cot set up yet. The single bed is still in the nursery because we haven't moved it out from Josh being in there. Josh has now moved over to the big bedroom, but the single bed is still up. And actually, it's our task this weekend to get it... The single bed put down and the cot put up so that George's got a bedroom. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> There's so many beds. Yeah. Honestly. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's crazy. If anyone needs a single bed, you've got one going. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Um, how would you say your 
mental health journey has been since becoming a mum? To be honest, I think I've been really, really lucky. I haven't, obviously, I have days where you struggle. Um, but yeah, mental health wise, I think I've, I'm doing all right. Um, for background, I had two pretty horrendous births. Okay. So I think I struggled more, particularly with Josh, mentally with that side of things, which we'll probably come on to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actually being a mum, yeah, I'm doing all right. I think I've got an amazing support network. Like my mum is my best friend. I'm so, so close with my mum. And if I'm having a rubbish time, I'm, you know, Martin's at work, I bring my mum up crying and I'm right in five minutes. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really lucky. I think I would be in a very different place without that support network for sure. It's funny, I growing up I never understood why people often moved back to like their childhood town when they grew know. up. And I was like, go travel the world and now I get it. Yeah. Because it is hard. Yeah. You feel so lonely and my mom lives in France, and when we visit her, she has Isla so much, and like I can breathe. Yeah, you know, um, there is a reason. There's a saying: it takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> and, really is. and unfortunately, but we have completely lost sight of this village mm. um, because we're so isolated from each other. Um, which I guess not physically, but I guess mentally and emotionally. Which is it's sort of what I'm trying to do with the podcast, mm. like just try and bring people together and share stories like we've all got our own shit we're all just muddling through the best we can and no one's perfect everyone's trying to find their feet in some way yeah are you happy to go into josh's birth then yeah tell us about that yeah so um josh's pregnancy was so easy i was so lucky i breezed through it um was it planned Yep, yeah yeah fell very pregnant very quickly i um yeah came off the pill within i think Two or three months I was pregnant. We were, you know, really, really fortunate. Um, no problems with the pregnancy, really easy. And then I, so my blood pressure was starting to go up throughout pregnancy, but really, really, really small increments. Um, and I've always had blood pressure on the higher side, so no one was worried. Everything was absolutely fine. Um, I finished work. I went in for my maternity midwife appointment at 38 weeks, which would have been a Thursday. Uh, and my blood pressure was fine. Um, went out for uh, some lunch with uh, Joe actually on uh, Saturday, all fine. And then Saturday night, I thought my water had broken, so I rang the midwives and explained what happened. Um, and we're really lucky where we live. There's a maternity unit literally like two minutes up the road, mm-hmm. so I rang them. She was like, "It doesn't sound like it's gone, um, so just see what happens tonight, uh, and then give us a call in the morning." I was like, "Okay." So then nothing else happened. So I was like, "Okay, that's all fine." Next morning. I still felt like it was like almost trickling. So I was like, okay, this is not sure this feels right. So I rang them again. She's like, well, just come up and get checked. You're only down the road. Went in, got in there. And the first thing that they do when you get in for any sort of appointment is your blood pressure and do a, a urine sample. Mm-hmm. Got in there and my blood pressure was 170 over 120, which is like ridiculously high. And the worrying level is 140 over 90. So it was like wow. crazy high. Yeah. And then she, the midwife literally went, um, okay, so we're going to have to blue light you to Broomfield Hospital. I was like, sorry, what? So we hadn't done, we didn't have the bags in the car. They were packed, but they were in the, sitting in the hallway. Yeah. We didn't have anything. We just thought we were going up to the hospital and then just, we were just going to come home again. Like, yeah, just get a just, check. Yeah. And you just assume it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so mum was like, okay, so should I go and get the bags then? She's like, yeah, yeah, if you could go get your bags and anything you need because um, you won't be going home without this baby. 
we were like, I was like, 38 in a bit weeks. We were like, okay, oh that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so Martin came home, got all the bags, came up to the hospital, took us off in an ambulance, and off we went, all blues and sirens off, off to Broomfield. <laughs> How did you feel in that moment? I think I was a bit in shock. I think adrenaline was going. I felt okay because I knew mm-hmm. I'd been looked after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I felt worse after. So looking back, I, I, I don't think the trauma of it all really hit me until after. Actually, I think until I saw my parents when they came in to see us when Josh had been born. Um, so that was on the Sunday. We got into Broomfield. They monitored my blood pressure. And it continued to be high. So they started the induction on that Sunday. Um, and I ended up having a pessary induction, the gel twice, and then the drip. So I had four levels of induction. Oh my gosh, why? Because nothing was really working. I don't think my body was ready. And because they needed the baby to come, yeah. they had to try Because your it. blood pressure... So I, it turns out I had preeclampsia. Ah, okay. Which I didn't, they didn't tell me until after. So preeclampsia yeah. um, is restricted blood flow. I might be getting this completely medically wrong, but it, it's where the placenta isn't giving enough blood yeah, to yeah. the baby. That's so your I blood pressure is really high. Your body's trying to work really hard to get the blood flow working. Okay. Um, and then you also have like protein in your urine yeah, for some yeah. reason. That it can be really dangerous because it can literally go from nothing to cutting off the baby's blood supply instantly, which is why it's they yeah. watch out for it. But I had no symptoms, nothing. Literally just this high blood pressure that they picked up because I'd got in because I thought my waters were going, which turns out they hadn't. So it's we were so lucky that I even went up there. Wow. Because we would have had no idea. I'd have headaches, so the symptoms are headaches, blind spots, yeah. a pain at the top of your, like just under your ribs. And like legs And swelling, swelling. Yeah. nothing. So yeah, they induced me on the Sunday night and Tuesday night. I stayed in there all the, all the time. Tuesday night... Uh, they then broke my waters um, and put me on the, gave me an epidural, put me on the drip, and that's when it sort of ramped up. Looking back, that was actually the easier part as well. But you ended up having a vaginal birth with yes, Josh, yeah, yeah, yeah with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they broke my waters, they put me on the drip midnight, sort of Tuesday going into Wednesday, and then I uh, was finally fully dilated by sort of late afternoon on the Wednesday. So it had been like four days of being in hospital. Then I started pushing and was pushing for four hours and couldn't get Josh out. So they took me into theatre, gave me a spinal block, and he came out of forceps. But, you know, that was all fine, all good. Baby was brilliant. Uh, but then I hemorrhaged quite badly and lost two litres of blood. So that happened on the postnatal ward. So we, we uh, had Josh, we went back to the ward, then I hemorrhaged. Wow, and then went back after. into theatre. Yeah, so I think that's quite uncommon. Yeah, that is, because I hemorrhaged as well. Yeah. Not quite two litres, just under a litre. I think I was borderline needing a blood transfusion. Yes, I, that's what I was with George, yeah. Yeah, um, I assume you had a blood transfusion. With Josh. With Josh, too. yeah. Um, wow, it happened like Yeah, so, we, so I had him at 10 o'clock in the evening, uh, stitched up, went back to the ward, and then there was this midwife. Um, her name was Gloria, which I'll never forget because my, my nanny's name. But she noticed that I, so they were, they put in a mommy because I wanted to try and feed. And I just wasn't interested. I couldn't do it. It was hurting. I was like, I don't, you know, I just don't care. Just do whatever you want with him. Mm-hmm. And Mark was like, that's not you. Like, you've always wanted a baby. This is yeah, yeah. weird. Anyway, so the midwife came in. She was like, something's not right. Lifted back the sheet and was like, okay, we're going to go back to theatre. And obviously it's because I'd lost, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. two metres. Um, so then they took me back into theatre. And I was there for four hours. So poor Martin was in the room on his own with all the leftover stuff around him, holding Josh. And they took me back. And he had no idea what was going on. They just took me away for four hours. Oh, my God. Um, 
so yeah, it was pretty horrendous. Yeah, I think, um, not to take away from your experience, but mm. I also think that it's so hard for the dad. Oh, massively hard. Because I remember, personally, I don't think I even realised that I was hemorrhaging. I, I remember no, a doctor I didn't. coming and he was like pressing on my yes, stomach and, and to keep my uterus contracting. Yeah. And I was like, can you stop? It was starting to get a bit uncomfortable. And I was like, can you just stop pressing on yeah. my stomach? And he was like, I really need to continue. I was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Anyway, and then George, I remember, looked down because I'm lying on the bed. George looks down and he's crying. And I look up at him like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I Bless will never, him. ever forget the look on Martin's face when I came back into the room. The look of relief. Oh, I will uh, never, ever forget that. Yeah, it was... But... Yeah, horrible. And did you, how do you feel that you sort of overcame that birth trauma? So we did um, a thing called birth reflections with one of the midwives at the hospital where she, we had to sit over the phone because it was COVID, but I think they do it face to face now. And she literally went through our birth notes, like line by line, explained what happened, why it happened, how to prevent it if we were to have a second. And I think that really, really helped. Um, it was just one of those, well, they said it was just one of those things and uh, an almost exact time with George, yeah. which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th that really helped talking about it and just trying to understand it. Yeah. And sometimes, again, Mother Nature can be cruel. Yeah. You can do everything by the book, so yep. to speak. Sometimes shit just happens. Yeah. And it's harsh and savage, but. Yeah, did you do hypnobirthing out of interest? No, so um, we did NCT, which was without a doubt the best thing mm -hmm. that we ever could have done. Mm -hmm. I've got like, a group of friends now who are my best friends, mm -hmm. and I'm so glad we did it. But it, that was the same price as hypnobirthing, so yeah. we decided we had to choose which one to do. Um, so no, we didn't. But my cousin did hypnobirthing, and she gave me all the books and everything. Yeah. So I knew like about the breathing techniques and used that in labour. I just didn't do the actual course. Yeah. I was just interested because you seem really, like, just that peace. And yeah. I think that in hypnobirthing, that's really the sort of message to just, I guess, um, mentally accept whatever happens, happens, and that either way, however your birth goes, like, you're okay, you can yeah. do it, you can get through it, and the difficult days will pass, and... I think I'm a quite positive person, yeah. like, that's just my character. Yeah, and good. I think maybe I've just drawn on that, you know, it was awful, I'm lucky it was quite blurry for me, a lot of what I know, like, to tell people is from reading my notes and from the reflections, Interesting, because yeah. at the time I was, you know, in just completely pretty much out of it in fact there's one point when I was back in surgery I'd had sort of an epidural then two spinal blocks and I sort of went like that with my arm and hit something and I was like oh I'm really sorry and it was my own leg <laughs> because I was so out of it and so numb <laughs> from everything no idea that's so yeah, funny yeah that is so funny um, um so what happened with George so with George the pregnancy was really tough I had morning sickness both nausea and actually being sick yeah. the whole way through Literally from, oh. I think I had a grace period from about 13 weeks till about 20 weeks maybe, if that, which was lucky because that's when we went on holiday to America. <laughs> but other than that, I pretty much felt sick most days unless I was eating, sometimes I was actually sick. And then also, so because of what happened with Josh, my pregnancy with George was already high risk. So I was being really, really well looked after. I was monitoring my blood pressure myself at home. I had, I think three or four extra scans to check because they can do a check on the um, umbilical cord to make sure it's the right size. 
um, and there's enough blood flow to check for preeclampsia, so I had that. But towards the end of the pregnancy, I I can't even remember all of the things now, but I lost a little blood, uh, a little bit of blood at one point. I ended up going back into Broomfield about three or four times just to be checked, just to be monitored. And then as it got towards the end, they were monitoring my blood pressure twice weekly and pretty much said, as soon as your blood pressure looks like it's starting to go up, you're going to go in to be induced. So I ended up going in for the first time uh, at 36 weeks, which was the weekend of Josh's birthday. So I went in for a routine appointment, blood pressure was spiked, sent straight over to Broomfield to be induced. And Martin had to like rush home from work. We had to then take Josh over to my mum's all of a sudden. Like it was all, yeah, a lot. When I got to the hospital, my blood pressure had come right down. They are like, right, we're going to try and keep you going yeah so then they send me home then how sorry to interrupt you how are okay. you feeling like mentally in all this are you oh baby george is moving <laughs> so cute i can't go <laughs> um are you feeling panicked are you like half oh, a fuck's sake not again like you I, know? yeah a, a bit of that a bit i'm actually picking up yeah get him get him don't worry <laughs> I'm gonna go home and be like, George, not had sex in months because we don't have time, but let's go. Let's make a baby. Um, I was getting fed up to be honest. I was at the end of my tether. I think I literally texted my mum was like, I'm over this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not having it anymore. I was just done. I was fed up and feeling sick. I also had pelvic girdle pain. Oh, me too. Which was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. You feel like you can't sit. Couldn't do anything. At all. Stand, couldn't, oh, it was horrible. I was just fed up. Totally. I just, with Josh, I loved being pregnant. Absolutely loved him. But with George, I just did it. And I remember saying to my mum, I'm gutted because... I, I love being pregnant with Josh. I want to enjoy these last few weeks in case this is my last pregnancy. And I just couldn't. It was just awful. It's so hard when you know that time is going to go by so quickly. So you want to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go. Hold him while I do that. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> my baby. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, no, no. Mummy's making you milk. Oh, you're hungry. Oh, I get like that when I'm hungry too. Oh, bless him. Is that his favorite feeding position? Yeah. So, to set the scene, we're sat at a kitchen table and there's a cushion in front of <laughs> Hannah, and George is facing Hannah on his side. It's almost like a breastfeeding position. Oh, yeah. Will he not feed in other positions? Uh, he will, but he gets a little bit more windy with this. He's one bird and he's around. Oh, one yeah. When they, can, when they start to hold their own bottle, that is a game changer. Game changer, both hands. Oh, I remember that stage being like, oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes I used to sit her in her little rocker, which is similar to a baby room, but mama room, but it doesn't move around, um, and just put, like, pillows on her tummy and just rest the bottle on her pillow. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> if I can be bothered to, like, you know, hold her. Yeah. Um, right, what were we saying? Oh, that's it. You were saying how you wanted to enjoy the last yes. couple of weeks. And I was going to say to you, it's interesting how you sometimes you know there are situations and you're like, right, I could never have this moment again. Yes. Enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy yes. it. But sometimes you just can't. Yeah, which is exactly what my mum uh, said to me. And I needed someone to say it. Like, I, and it's heartbreaking because you beat yourself up. Yeah. And you're like, come on, just enjoy it, enjoy it. But you almost make it worse for yourself. And like... I think there's the pressure to, same with the newborn stages, you know, mm. people are like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And sometimes you it's have not. a time 
and you're not loving it and I think that that's also okay yeah, yeah. It, it it just like I I just wanted to finish it and I, I wasn't but then he came early anyway so cut that short yeah how early so he was two weeks early but he took five days to come I was maybe five days so uh yeah you took your time didn't you he gets hay fever oh bless him how do you know that uh, the pharmacist told me. I was having like a really snuffly nose. Yeah. But it was only when we were out or had been outside. I was like, this seems weird. Like, he's, if he'd been all inside all day, he's fine. Yeah. But if he's outside, he's really snuffly. So I took him to the pharmacy and she said, it's probably hay fever. Over this saline spray to put up his nose, just like clear it out. And then that seems to help. Wow. So, Do you have hay fever? I don't, but Martin does. Uh, and in my opinion, my mum gets it quite badly. And Martin's dad and brother get it quite badly. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And Josh gets it. Uh, I would hate to suffer with hay fever. It's I'm, an awful issue. I don't have hay fever, but people talk about it like, oh, hay fever, and I'm like, oh, thank God. A few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, Martin and George both had like their eyes just almost completely closed up from hay fever, and they'd have like drops. It was awful. Wow. Before it apparently, apparently, it's quite common. Um. So Josh's birth, you were in labour for five days. Yes. So George's George's birth. What did I say, Josh? Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Sorry yeah, guys, we're so, multitasking over here. Um, so I had been in and out of hospital, were they going to choose me, were they not? Yeah. How was my blood pressure? And then had one day of maternity leave. So with Josh I had a week of maternity leave. With George I finished on the Thursday, had one day of maternity leave. And my contraction started on the Tuesday. And uh, I said to Martin, I don't, I think I might be having like tightenings. And he was like, okay, so we'll just give the midwives a call, see what they say. Rang my mum and said, I think I might be having some tightenings. I'm just going to put Josh to bed and then ring the midwives. She said, why don't you just ring the midwives first and not put Josh to bed yet, mm -hmm. just in case, you know, you've got to go somewhere. I was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Anyway, so I rang home and they are like, yeah, because you're high risk, you could probably come in. That's okay. So thankfully, my mum and dad live on the way to the hospital. So mm -hmm. packed Josh, a, they already had an overnight bag ready so that we just dropped Josh and go. Mm -hmm. um, so took Josh around there, made it all exciting. Yeah. Dropped him off, went to the hospital and didn't see him for five days. <laughs> Oh my that was goodness. it. So I had started having contractions at that point, but yeah. for the next five days they would ramp up to where I was like, right, I need to go in. And as soon as I got to the hospital, they come right back down again. So we ended up going to the hospital every day for five days, thinking we were going in. It's annoying. We I don't know why they can't just keep you in for a little bit so longer. It's to do with um, end endorphins? Is that the word? So they say that if you're at home and you're relaxed, your contractions will just carry on because you're relaxed. Whereas when you go to hospital, you become stressed and then your contractions will ease off. Had you ever thought about having a home birth? I wasn't allowed. Oh, you weren't allowed. No, yeah. it was from the off. And also, like, I considered it. You just don't know. No, I think after Josh, absolutely no way. I, I, to be blunt, I think I'd have died if we'd had a home birth with yeah, Josh. So I just wouldn't like the risk. And, but even for me, for my first birth, I really wanted one. But also, oh, like, you just don't know. There is as much as, like you say, you are more relaxed at home. Also, at the same time, if something goes wrong, I'm not relaxed. No, I would have been more relaxed in the hospital. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The home birth isn't for me. Um, I can see why people do it, but it's not for me. I think the anxiety of having to travel to hospital should something go wrong would stop me from fully relaxing at home. Yes, me too. And actually, so we've got um, a maternity. I miss that cry. It's not the same as a toddler cry. It's uh, much more often. <laughs> 
yeah, it's but true. I don't mind them committing. Um, yeah, so we've got a maternity midwife lodging mm-hmm. it up the road, which is brilliant. I had all my appointments there. They're an absolute lifesaver, but there's not doctors on site. Mm. And so I had already chosen to go to the nearest hospital to have both of my boys because I think knowing me, I know if I'd gone there without any knowing that there wasn't necessarily medical intervention, I would have panicked more. Yeah. Whereas, like, I had a friend who went there. We had children at the same time, and she felt more comfortable in that setting. I think it's just such a personal decision. Yeah, I totally agree. I think sometimes knowing that you have the option to have medical intervention makes you more relaxed and makes you feel like actually you don't need it because you can have it. It's a bit like, you know, when you say you go out and you're like, should I grab a jumper? Oh, but if I don't take it with me, I'll need it. it. Yeah. I'm of that mindset as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so he, five days. You're yeah. pushing for five days? No, no, no. So I was You're in and out. I was in and out. Yeah. So I was um, I, I was at home. I was having baths. I was on my birthing ball. My contractions would ramp up and get really, really intense. We'd go in. They would ring the hospitals. they say, you come in. We'd go in. The contractions would die down. We'd come home again. On the Friday morning, it started on the Tuesday, and the Friday morning, I said to Martin, I don't, think this baby we didn't know what we were having we didn't know if it's boy or girl yeah. so I don't think the baby is moving as much as normal he was like I'm sure it's fine but let's just go and be changed so we went in got the monster baby was really wriggly absolutely fine set time again contractions ramped up again and then I rang in and she said because you've had reduced fetal movements just come in again for the second time today and just be checked went in fully expecting to be sent home and they kept us in honestly that week was so hard it was being away from Josh the constant in and out of hospital, it was yeah. so hard. And when she put that white band on my arm and we both knew that I was staying, the relief was unimaginable. It was, I bet. Yeah, we were so pleased. Um, so then, I can't remember what quite happened after that. I started pushing, I was just on gas and air. Oh, that was it. So I was, I was on the gas and air and it got to about midnight. So I'd been pushing for about seven hours. No, sorry, in labour for about seven hours. My contractions were ramping up. They hadn't died off at this point. And uh, I was so out of it on the gas now. I genuinely thought I was pushing the baby out. And I was imagining, daydreaming, I guess, that Martin was saying, the baby, the baby's here, the baby's coming, the baby's coming. And oh it wasn't gosh. at all. I wasn't, I was pushing, but nothing yeah, was happening. Yeah. I was only five centimetres. So then I said to Martin, I can't do this just on gas nest. Then I had an epidural and they gave me the drip to try and get things along a little bit. And that worked. We had the most amazing midwife. She was so supportive. She was just brilliant. And her name was Sophie. And I remember texting my cousin, who's also Sophie, saying, I think it's a good omen because it's got the same name. And she, honestly, she was amazing. And her shift, she, she was on the night shift, her shift finished at eight o'clock in the morning. And I, after I had the epidural, I fell asleep. And I remember waking up at six and saying to her, I really, like, my contractions are sort of eased off. I was like, I really wanted you to deliver this baby. I'm really gutted. 15 minutes later, contraction ramped up, and he was born at half seven. Oh, my gosh. Literally like an hour after waking up. Wow. It just, out of nowhere. I can't imagine that you could sleep through. I'd had an epidural, so I couldn't feel anything. Uh, at all um, sort of okay so with Josh when I had the epidural I couldn't feel anything yeah with George they she said to me so because I'd hemorrhaged so badly last time they've tried everything they could to avoid that this yeah time. and she said to me that so with an epidural you could press the button to chop yourself up yeah with Josh I was willy nilly pressing that button all day long for like 16 hours <laughs> it was brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant <laughs> 
that is so funny. More, more, more. Every half hour, <laughs> with George, she said, the more you press that button, the higher risk is of hemorrhaging. So I didn't press it. I think I pressed it maybe once. Interesting. So actually at the end, I felt everything. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't think it was as intense pain as if I hadn't had it. Yeah, of course. But I could feel everything. So I ended up being able to have him naturally. I didn't need forceps or anything, which was amazing. And I was so chuffed after the chore of Josh. Yeah. It was such a relief that he was here and I'd had him and he, he came out and everything. And that's so good to hear because I think often when you do have a traumatic experience first birth, there's so much fear for the second birth. Yeah. And then, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to suggest that, you know, women are manifesting, um, what's the word, like issues in their body. But I do think that mindset can affect how you manage and yeah. deal with situations, which therefore can potentially lead to further complications. And so that's so amazing that actually you were able to have uh, an easier birth. Yeah, I, I did then hemorrhage again, but the actual birth was so much easier. And not as severe of a hemorrhage. No, so it was, um, so with Josh it was two, lit two litres, with George it was like 1.4, but it was managed in the room, the doctors were incredible. Right, so at one point all of a sudden we looked up and there was about 15 people in the room. It happens like that. Yeah, they press a button. I was exactly the same. Yeah. Our midwife was like, right, don't be scared. We're going to press a button. A million people are going to come. Yeah. But like everyone's got a job and it's so true. They're a well-oiled machine. Yes, very much so. Um, it's unreal. Um, but I have heard, because even I've been told that, you know, I didn't have as bad of a hemorrhage as you did with Josh, but I've been told that you are likely to hemorrhage. If you've had yeah. one, it's just because the body's done it before. Yes, yeah, so that's you know? so how. It, and the reason I hemorrhaged was because I wasn't contracting properly mm. either time. So, but you know, we're we're weird. They, you know, I didn't have to go to surgery. I didn't have any stitches. Yeah. Nothing. Oh wow. Um, and I was I no stitches. No stitches. E even with the forceps. Uh, with Josh, I had stitches. With George, ah, nothing. Okay. Yeah. 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 How did you find the sort of immediate postpartum with George, but also having a toddler? So I. Miraculously, to be honest, didn't even feel like I'd had a baby about two days later. I so with Josh, I couldn't walk up the stairs for a week. It was mm. awful. With George, I was walking around, I I think we were shopping about two days later. It was amazing. Even though I had a talk obviously with his limitations, but I felt incredible. That's so good. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Oh good. So you didn't feel like you were sort of having to hold yourself back. <laughs> in terms of like the time that you could spend with Josh because of George. No, I was I was really, really lucky. I forget what happens at fourteen weeks. Do they still just eat sleep, eat sleep? He does. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has some awake periods where he'll like play on there or yeah. normally when Josh is here because he wakes him up because he's, you know, a yeah. tornado. Yeah. <laughs> a tornado. But yeah, he pretty much just eats and sleeps and then wakes for a bit and then Yeah. What do you do? It's funny because I forget what I did. Like, what, what do you That's do? That's when I do, like, look after the house. When yeah, Josh is in there. If yeah. Josh is here, then, then I'll play with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the days that Josh is at childcare, I, yeah, just run around like a mad woman. It's funny because in my head, I'm like, do you just read a book? <laughs> but I know. But you you forget. You forget. Yeah, you, you do. You forget because I can't remember what I was doing in that time. Mm. But you're never just sitting. So with Josh, I was. Because we were in lockdown. Yes. No one was coming yes. around. We weren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, I just was just at home. So yeah. I pretty much sat on my sofa watching 
ridiculous telly and I did some bit of baking. Yeah, just cuddling him for like nine months. It's funny how from an external point of view, I feel like that would be amazing. But I can, It was amazing. But I can also totally appreciate how difficult um, it must have been as well. It wasn't at the time because we didn't know any different. Yeah. And we were really lucky that we didn't know any different. It's only now having George and having that normality that we look back and we're like, actually, that was really hard. Yeah. But at least it was that way around. Yeah. I also think even now, a lot of us, a lot of us are dealing with COVID still in ways that we hadn't really expected. Yeah. You know, like I still sometimes feel that like I have to grieve my pre-Isla time. And what I mean by that is that my last year before having Isla was during COVID. Yeah. And I feel like I was robbed yes. of my last year before being a mum. Yeah. I feel like I was robbed of my time as a first-time mum. So like me and Martin, Martin's parents had Josh at the weekend, so we didn't have him Friday night. So we walked to the pub down the road for a drink with George in the bush chair, like eight o'clock at night because he can just leave in the bush chair. Mm -hmm. Something we can't do very often with Josh because obviously yeah. he goes to bed. And we, when we were sitting there, everyone was like, oh, so it's baby. It's like, actually, no. But we didn't get to do any of that with Josh. We didn't get yeah. to take him anywhere for like six months. So I grieved that a lot, especially yeah. now looking back because we can do everything with George that we just couldn't do with Josh. Yeah. But, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is, but I also think it's um, important to acknowledge, like, yeah, I think a lot of us are grieving mm -hmm. a lot of things from COVID that we either missed out on or weren't able to experience. Yeah. Or, yeah. But we, it has also made us appreciate things. So, like, every time we can get people to see George, we will. Yeah. Like, we just want to share him with the world yeah, because yeah, we couldn't yeah. with Josh yeah. for so long. And even yeah. once we were allowed to see people, it was at a distance we were scared that they were going to give him something. Like, we just... Yeah. He didn't really see anyone for, like, other than... Our, so we... When the bubble thing came in, we bubbled oh, yeah. my parents. But Martin's parents live in Oxford, so they're, like, two hours away. So they missed out on pretty much the first year of Josh's life. Whereas now, they come down every other week to see George. It's amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Mm. How would you describe yourself as a mum when you're out in public? And what I mean by that is... At the risk of putting mums in boxes... Do you enjoy going out with your children or, or does it give you a bit of anxiety sometimes? Like what does that look like for you stepping out of the house? Because I know that that can be a really big deal for a lot of mums. So with George, I absolutely love it. I love going out. I love like people cooing over the pram and you know <laughs> talking to people about him. Absolutely love it. I do also love going out with Josh and actually I prefer being out and about with people than being indoors most of the time. But it's... Quite, I feel anxious sometimes about going out with Josh because he's a bit of a runner. So I'm always like, right, where can we go that's contained but he can still have a lot of fun but I'm not going to be running after him 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a bit of both. Do you find this is something that I struggle with? I don't know if struggle is the right word, but um, I think I'm a little bit embarrassed about. I struggle to leave the house with Isla more if it's just me and her going out together yes but if I'm meeting other people it's fine yeah I find it much easier with other actually I was literally having this conversation with my mum this morning and I was saying if I, I try to organize something to see someone with a child whenever possible because it's so much easier or, being with someone yeah or sometimes even not someone with a child anyone yeah, just with someone yeah. anyone that's happy to see me and my yes. child yes yes <laughs> absolutely because I don't know sometimes I'm like 
it's just company. And what do I talk to you about? <laughs> yes, I, yeah, like, I, I know it sounds really stupid, but sometimes I don't know what to do with her. I don't know what to say to her. I want to interact and communicate, but also, are you getting what I'm saying? Although, actually, having said that, I was thinking about this the other day. So, I think I've started to enjoy going out with Josh more in the last couple of months. Now he can communicate. It's like, I'll go out, he's like my little buddy. Like, we'll go out, we have a conversation, we talk about what we're doing, where we're going. I think that is a big difference. I think when he wasn't talking, I found that quite stressful. Whereas now, like, when we go to the supermarket, it's like, oh, Josh, what what food should we get? What should we get this? Should we get that? Where should we go next? He's like, home bargain, see the toys. Yeah. I think that makes a massive difference. Um, Isla, I can see me going in the same direction as you because I'm already like on that path if that makes sense because more and more I am finding it easier to be out of the house just me and her um what I struggle with sometimes is so we're a bilingual family I speak French only to her but obviously she hears English yeah a million times yeah a million times more than she hears French and I can see that she understands a lot more when when people speak to her in English than when I speak to her in French and so therefore I have to stop myself speaking English to her because I want her to understand and power through with the French but also sometimes just it's like a bit of an internal battle of I can't be asked communicating with her because she's not going to understand me anyway and that will do her so much good when she comes to school so Josh is already learning French at nursery and he's only just three he can count in French oh my gosh yeah they teach him French at nursery that's so he cool. He can count up to 10 in French. That's so You're cool. Like, how, how do you know that? Can you? Well, only because he can. I learned it from him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh my gosh, they're teaching languages at nursery. Yeah. I don't know if it's just his nursery. It's yeah. a, I think the manager of his nursery is French, so that might be why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's doing many French. So. I think I've spoken to you about this before. I am sort of playing the long game. I, I'm struggling at the moment, but... In the long run. I think it'll be really good. Yeah, it will. It will hopefully um, yeah, play out. How Josh is good with George? He's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. he. So all the way through my pregnancy, he didn't seem to get it at all. He would say, like, baby in mummy's tummy. Or um, at nursery, there's a picture of the three of us in the family wall. And he'd say, mummy, daddy, Josh, baby, mummy's tummy. But I don't think he'd quite connected the two. Mm-hmm. And then we FaceTimed him when George was born and said... George is here. So we told Josh the name. We hadn't told anybody else the name, but we told Josh. Were you worried that he would tell someone? He couldn't really talk at that point properly, so he wouldn't have repeated it. Actually, no, he must have been talking because he... So when we FaceTimed and said, baby's here, this is George, my mum was then saying literally all of his games were baby George related. And everywhere he was going, he was talking about baby George. He loves him. He... Is struggling with the whole attention thing. So sometimes, mm. particularly with the nannies, so if either my mum or Marty's mum has got George, Josh will do whatever he can to get their attention. But it's never towards George. It's always, you can see it's related, but it's not yeah, towards yeah, George. Yeah, yeah. But towards George, he, and it's the most adorable thing in the world. But I can understand how it must be hard. You've been, you know, I'm Josh, say, for example, and I've been the primary sort of, you know, in the spotlight. Everyone yeah, loves so me. And then all of a sudden, there's this new thing that comes along. And also, he's the <laughs> only child, he's the only grandchild on both sides. Mm. He has got a lot of attention. And then all of a sudden, he's got to share it. Yeah. So, and occasionally, he'll be like, um, my nanny. He's like, yeah, your nanny. And George's nanny. He's like, oh, okay. But my nanny. He's like, yeah, she's still my nanny. Oh, bless But it's him. weird, because it's more with the na- like his nannies than yeah. it is with me. And quite often he'll say, Mummy hold George, nanny play me. 
Yes. He's not bothered if I'm with George, really. That's but good. Anyone else, he wants the attention on him. Oh, bless <laughs> him. Yeah, it's a good one. What do you think has been the hardest thing having two for you? Having them on my own is, and I've not really done it very much. Um, I'm really, really lucky that I've not. I've had so much support that, you know, he's 14 weeks and I've had them on my own for one day. Wow. I'm really lucky. Yeah. Um, Where is that your mum mainly? So my mum, mum Martin's mum. So um, my mum has him every week on a Tuesday. He's at nursery two, oh, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Martin's parents come down on a Monday. Wow. So yeah, really lucky. And then on a Friday, uh, Martin's here, but he works from home. So there's always someone. Yeah. If Josh says, I need to go to the toilet, he's here. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Josh decides to potty train himself when George is three weeks old. <laughs> is he potty trained now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he smashed it in about three days. Oh, amazing. Yeah, that's, oh, that's the thing. Sometimes when they do it themselves or take the initiative, they know. Yeah, yeah. He was, I think he was ready before, but we just didn't do it, push it, because obviously we were having George. And he literally just, we took his pants off him one day and off he went. He was brilliant. He's nappy off him, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow, good. Great. Um, how was that one day by yourself just then to <laughs> paint me a picture? Uh, nothing got done at the house at all, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you have to embrace the chaos, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah, no washing got done, no, the dishes were still dirty for breakfast when Martin got home, yeah. dinner, oh no, I did manage dinner, um, it was complete chaos, but we did a lot of drawing, it was fun. What does your, pick just a random day, not a weekend, what does the morning to evening look like as a mum of two? So a Friday, for example, because then I've got both of them, Martin is here, but he's upstairs working. Uh, so they both wake up about half six. Josh will sit and watch telly in our bed while I feed George. Then we all come downstairs. Josh has to help make his own breakfast, so he likes to do that. Nice. What's on the menu? Uh, waffles, normally. Oh, love <laughs> that. Absolute favourite at the moment. Waffles and a banana or a yogurt. Oh, do you buy the waffles pre-made oh, or yeah. them in toaster? Oh, yeah, I've not got time to be okay. making them. <laughs> But Josh is so independent, so he has to sit next to the toaster and put them in the toaster himself. Then I'm allowed to get them out because they're hot. Honestly, and the thing is, sometimes you just want to do it quickly. Yeah, and <laughs> not like mush them with uh, top of hands. But also, it's so endearing that they just want to do what you're doing. Okay, so waffles. So waffles for breakfast. Uh, George sleeps in the mama room while I do Josh's breakfast. And then while he's eating, I'll then wash up all the bottles, etc. from overnight. He wants to be on the podcast. He does. <laughs> Basically, on the days I have both of them, George, bless him, gets ignored, other than when he needs feeding or changing, and Josh gets the attention, yeah. because there's no other way to do oh, it. Yeah. George doesn't understand yet that I'm not giving him all the attention, Josh does. Yeah. So, so breakfast, washing up, sterilising, all that jazz. Uh, then George doesn't normally do another feed, so Josh probably does some drawing. Then we go out, get out of the house. <laughs> that is the most biggest hint, I can, a tip I can give to anyone. It's just, don't send yourself to go crazy by trying it. It's so hard to leave the house sometimes. It is. It, you've got to do what's right for you. So some mums find it easier being at home, so I find it easier being out. So, I find it easier. Personally, I find it easier being out when I'm out. Yeah, it's the getting out. It's the getting out of the house. I don't know why. It's like it's like there's this brick wall in front of me that I have to really hammer down. But once I've hammered it down and I'm out, I'm loving my little life. So I've started to get things ready and there's a designated spot in our kitchen that everything goes. And then I know I just have to pick that lot up and put it straight in the car once the boys are in their car seats and yeah. then we go. Yeah, would Otherwise, you go just to park or anywhere? Yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Park, shops, farm, yeah. nannies, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we spend a lot of time at nannies. <laughs> 
It's Josh's favourite place in the world. Oh, bless. <laughs> um, lunch? Yep. What's on the menu for lunch? Um, I'm asking because meal times are anxiety fueled for me personally. Yes. So, so I'm interested. Josh is a very, I wouldn't say picky eater, but he's very set in his ways. He likes what he likes. He's not very good at trying things. Literally in the last week, he started trying new things and it is amazing. Okay. But up until then, he wouldn't, he, like, he won't eat sandwiches at all. Neither will Pasta I will not eat sandwiches. So most lunches are things like crackers and cheese mm. or scrambled egg or pasta. He eats so much pasta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pasta and toast. Yeah, because he eats it. <laughs> or bagels, actually. That's the only bread thing I'll get in him is bagels. That's it. So, yeah, picky lunches as well. He much prefers to, like, an actual meal. Whereas at nursery, he eats everything. He had, like, Jamaican fish curry the other day. What? Honestly. It's so funny. I'm starting to notice this with Isla as well, where she's doing things with the childminder that she won't do at home. And I'm like, why? So annoying. <sighs> but they will do it apparently. I know. And yeah, also, and I've spoken to my mom about this. I was the same as a kid. It's just a thing. Yeah. But it's a, I don't get it. At least there isn't it somewhere. True. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it's normally a picky lunch. Um, which Josh has to help me make. He has to choose what he wants. He has to make the scrambled egg himself. That's cute. That sort of thing. Oh, nice. And at the moment, it's just a lot of time in the garden. Do you have, you stand him on a chair? I'll sit him on the work, on the counter. Uh, yeah, or we used I to have like a tower thing that he would stand in. I want to get one of those. Is it worth oh, it? Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I might have one. Have I still got it? I have to check. I okay. might be the garage. You can um, have it. I've got it. Yeah, so she can stand. Because yeah. at the moment, we don't even have chairs. We've got benches at home, uh, at the table. Yeah, so we've got our tool chairs on our island that you can sit at. And do yeah, things. and so we're, it's a bit difficult sometimes. So I sit here on the worktop, but then it's not very easy. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, difficult. it's a bit manic. But um, okay, picky lunch. He makes the eggs. What's the afternoon got to store for us? Does he nap no, still? No. Oh. So, well, I say no. So he dropped his nap about two, three months ago, maybe probably around the time George came. But in the last couple of weeks, he's decided he needs a nap again. But it's not really a set nap. He'll just, if he wants to go to sleep, he will. If we're out in the car, he'll fall asleep. But then I can wake him up. So yeah. that makes it a bit easier. Yeah. How long is that? It varies. Fair so enough. it could be 15 minutes, it could be two hours. It just varies. Do you wake him up for fear of the bedtime? or It do depends you how long him... it's been. So if he falls asleep, say I'll fall asleep, but I don't know. So on a Friday, he very often will need a nap. Because he has two days at nursery and we go swimming on a Friday morning. Okay. So he'll very often... With George? Oh, no. No, okay. no, so Josh has done swimming lessons since he was four months old. Yeah. At school down the road. Um, and he's now just got to the stage where he goes in on his own. Oh, so you so, take George and with yes. you, you can be with George, yeah. and then Josh goes yeah. in. Perfect. Um, and then I need to start George on lessons at some point. But yeah. For now. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can wait for a bit. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so Friday he'll very often need a nap. So he'll, but he's really good. He'll take himself to the sofa with his. He still has a dummy, but yeah. that's a sleep cue, and that's the only time he has it. Yeah, dummy is an infant, dozes off on the sofa, and then if it's got to like two hours and it's like half one two, and I'm like, you need to have some lunch, then I'll wake him up. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, most of the time he'll wake himself up after like an hour or so. Oh, good. So, so much easier than yeah. like you must nap. I was still at the stage where she needs a nap, yeah. so I will encourage a nap. However. If she doesn't sleep, she doesn't sleep. Yeah. And then it is a bit annoying because she'll fall asleep earlier at night, which means she's more likely to wake up at like 3 or 4 a.m. But well, well. So sometimes you just, you just uh, got to be Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's the afternoon got in store for us? So at the moment, we spend a lot of time in the garden. <sighs> the weather makes summer, such a difference. Yeah. What do you do in the winter? With your, apart from know. soft play. Soft like, play, yeah. 
honestly, a lot of stuff like now that we so we had uh, for context, we had a, a kitchen extension done last year, so we've now got a playroom. So he will spend a lot of time, I imagine, in the playroom. Yeah, and I'm looking at the garden now. There's a swing set. Is that a huge pool? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I actually thought it was a trampoline when no, I got it. No, it's a pool. Is it full now? Yeah. Oh my gosh, can I come over with Tyler? Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, of course. Come come over with it is freezing at the moment. We need to get, that's the heater there that we need to get set up. Oh, and Martin's yeah. got to sort the chlorine out. But once it's sorted, that'll be it now for the summer. We went to um, Southend Seafront yeah. last summer and they've got the water fountains that squat up out the ground and he literally like, puts his face in it. He's obsessed with water. Oh, he I loves love it. That. He'll spend all day in that pool. Yeah, it makes a difference the summer and yeah. the garden and stuff. But then in the winter, I guess we'll spend, we'll go out, soft play, yeah, zoo, yeah, 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 yeah. wrap up warm. Yeah. Did you ever struggle leaving the house? I think, no, because we couldn't do it for so long. Yeah. Um, I did, so in when it was COVID, I was quite anxious about touching things and people touching Josh. So that was a struggle. That was more COVID related than leaving the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think I just, because I wasn't allowed to do it for so long, mm -hmm. I'd love to be allowed to do it for a minute, I'm good. Yeah, I was completely the opposite where I felt like the world had painted this picture of motherhood being glamorous pilates and lattes with my baby and all of a sudden i was like the fuck is this <laughs> like i'm crying i feel awful i'm not enjoying it and i feel guilty i'm not and i would like a, oh, just a cloud yeah. but um okay what's on the menu for dinner so again josh has only just got into trying things so his favourites are, he loves a risotto, randomly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> loves a risotto. Um, he's just, so we went to Nando's recently and he demolished the whole meal. He's never eaten chicken before. And he's demolished the whole thing. So now we'll make Nando's chicken at home. Oh, nice. Uh, he loves that. Um, so last night I met, he's recently got into burgers. So I made a spaghetti bolognese last night and told him it was burger, like crushed up burgers and ketchup. I ate the whole thing. So clever. He's, yeah. Just got to be. See, mind busy. over matter. Yeah. Mm. Um, at the moment, we're pretty much barbecue every night. Yeah. Love a barbecue. Do you guys eat with Josh at the same time? We always have. Yeah. Uh, half five every night. All of us. Oh, I can't be able to make two meals. No. George never gets back in time. Oh, we are lucky. Martin gets home early. But then he does also start work at half seven, so. Yeah. I mean, George is at work at half seven as well, but I mean, it's yeah. different jobs, different yeah, works, whatever. Yeah. We um, are lucky in that respect. Yeah. That's something that. I always have to choose. I either eat with Isla or, or I eat with George. We've tried it one way. I used to eat with George, but then sometimes if the bedtime routine took hours, I wasn't having dinner until nine o'clock. Yeah, That's just way night. too late. So now I eat with Isla. I put Isla to bed and George just eats by himself yeah. sometimes, which, you know, is a bit sad, but whatever. We'll, we eat together on weekends. Exactly. And, and we do. Um, yeah. yeah. So as Isla gets older and starts to go to bed later, then eventually you will be out to eat together. Yeah, I do feel like she goes to bed. What time does Josh go to bed? Uh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> I and I hate sometimes I hate asking these questions because like in my head I'm comparing. Like I don't mean not in a bad way, but you can't help. You're human. You're like, yeah. what time does your child go to bed? Oh, my child only goes to bed at so and so time, and you're like, oh, I'm. Is she doing something better that I should be but doing? But that's just no, what you I just know, know. Do what That was what works for us. We have dinner, he plays for a bit. We go up, have a bath. Not always, and then he yeah. goes to bed. Oh no, we're lenient on the bath as well, <laughs> as little as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Such a bath. 
actually, at the moment where he's in the pool. So, oh, he's so animal today. Yeah. Can't do it. Well, and also, personally, Isla had really bad baby eczema. Josh gets really bad eczema as well. So it's actually better for their skin yes. um, to dry out. However, it's a fine line because in the summer you put sun cream on. Yeah. So it's good to wash off. So sometimes, Isla doesn't really love the bath at the moment. She goes through phases. Josh is exactly the same. We had a phase for ages, just as Josh, George sorry, was born, where Josh didn't want a bath and wanted a shower. It's like, brilliant. But now <laughs> the like shower just goes like yeah. this everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, question. Speaking of showers, firstly, can you make me feel better? Is your bedtime routine smooth? It is now. I mean, it, it, it wasn't. It Good. wasn't. It wasn't no, I'm kidding. Two years. Yeah, Josh has six two years. Oh, Don't yeah, forget that. Saying, yeah. So yes, it is yeah, now. Yeah. But Josh is a lot more understanding. It's the like the glow light. Years. I'm going to look into this. Honestly, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, random question, or maybe not so random. Do you are you naked in front of Josh still? Yeah. Yeah, happily. Yeah. At what age do you think that stops? I don't know. I was actually thinking, I can't remember why I was thinking about this the other day. I think they had something on the telly or something and they were talking about it. I'm not sure. Maybe once he is a little bit more aware. Yeah, I don't know. Because Isla, I'm naked in the bath and sometimes Isla will like put her hand on my boobs or even like, you know, gently flick my nipple and stuff. And like that time that doesn't bother me. But... I wonder if it would if I would feel the same if I had a son because similarly sometimes George will put trunks on when he goes in the bath with Isla. Not always, but sometimes because obviously his penis is dangling there yeah. and she might just wanna like give it a tug. Like <laughs> but, <laughs> <she> was, <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. But just be like, Oh, what's what's this yeah. thing dangling? I guess <laughs> once they know that it's not Right, that everyone walks around naked all the time. Maybe that's one. We'll, I don't really know. I, I think we'll just decide. Yeah, we decide. Um, uh, I think that's it for me. Is there anything? Oh, I'm gonna ask you two more questions, or not two more, like one question with part A, part B. Your biggest high. Let's start because I'm gonna ask you with the low. So let's start with the low. Your biggest low or obstacle as a mum, and then you can tell me your biggest high or. I don't know, maybe your most rewarding moment or something along those lines. Biggest obstacle is not feeling like I know what I'm doing. So I, I kind of, because I've always wanted to be a mum, I just sort of assumed I'd know what I was doing. And sometimes something will happen and I'm like, I don't know how, how to handle this. I don't know what to do in this situation. And I find that hard. Uh, biggest high is seeing the love Josh has for our family and vice versa. Seeing his excitement on his face when he sees his nanny and his granddad or his uncles or his auntie is just amazing. And it's what we've always wanted. It's what we've always talked about. Yeah. And it's just amazing. Yeah, that sort of family unit. Yeah, we yeah. are very close with both sides, actually. And, you know, my brothers and Martin's brother adore, and my brother's girlfriend adore Josh. They are just the best uncles and auntie. Oh, and now George, obviously, as yeah, well. Yeah. But, yeah, that seeing the mutual love between them is just amazing. Yeah, I'm, uh, sometimes it does make me sad. My sister lives in Surrey and my mum in France. George's mum has passed away. George's sister, Hannah, she's very close to Isla. Yes. And that I'm grateful for. And to be fair, if we didn't have Hannah, she's our support network. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't know what we would do without her. That's um, how I feel about my mum. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair to Hannah, yeah, but I wish I was 
but geographically close. You then get to cherish the moments, and you probably have more quality time when you do see them, rather than popping in and out. Yeah, minutes. and also to be fair, in in the depths of my postpartum depression, sometimes I would call my sister. She was working from home still at the time. I'd FaceTime my sister, and I'd be like, "Right, can you entertain Isla?" I'd put the phone in front of Isla, and my sister would just chat, and I'd be like, "I'm sorry, I just I need to cry for a minute. I need to just." breathe I need to not be with her and I'd call my sister and FaceTime and then FaceTime is amazing we do that at night's parents most evenings and even now Josh will sit and eat his dinner and his parents will be on FaceTime pretty much every evening yeah it's brilliant yeah it makes such a difference it really can help connect <laughs> in fact so we probably FaceTime too much because now if we phone someone like I'll ring my mum yeah, yeah. actually ring her and Josh is going, see nanny? See nanny? That's <laughs> see it all the time. She's driving. So, so. Well, that's funny you say that because I'm exactly the same. If I call George because he's at work so he can't FaceTime, Isla will hold the phone and look at the phone. And then George, she can, she says bye now. George will say bye. And she'll still wave yeah. at the phone. Bye. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's what they used to, I know. It's so, so interesting funny. how they're used to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Oh, I'm sure there's lots more, but I can't think of anything at the moment. Well, it's if, brilliant. Good. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I've loved it. Oh, good. Well, if you think of anything, make notes. You can come yeah, come back. Definitely. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Hannah. Thank you. Guys, we will see you next week. Bye.